Hello and welcome to Sex, Please. We're part of Safe Harbor here on KPFK 90.7 FM. Tonight's topic on Sex, Please is bisexuality. Call in. Join our conversation. 818-985-5735. We're live in Los Angeles. I'm here with my co-ho on the radio, who is the delectable Danny Cruz. Hey, good to be back. Hi. (laughs) And we've got our broad in the booth ready to take your calls, Chris Ann Eastwood. And I'm also very delectable tonight, aren't I? Always. <laughs> it's hot in here. I just want to tell you the current temperature here is 96 degrees inside the booth because the GM's trying to save cash and turn the uh, AC off. And uh, we're cooking. I'm down five pounds, and I'm I'm, I'm wrapped in cellophane, and um, <laughs> this is better than any spa. Did we mention we're listener-funded radio? Yes, we are. So <laughs> if you, I mean, obviously, you know, to see me sweaty and wrapped in saran wrap could be, you know, it's it's a shame it's radio. It's a shame it's radio. I'm ready, though. Let's get by. So I'm Vanessa Carlisle. Tonight we're going to talk about bisexuality. But before we get into our topic, let's start with some sex news. Danny, what's new in sex? Ooh, well, let, let, let me start by saying this oh, is... I like that. It, that's like a rain stick sound. <laughs> that is vintage teletype that I got especially for sex news. I learned I like about it. teletype back in uh, high school. So this is getting old. Let me say... First of all, I don't have a problem with religion. Some of my dearest friends are religious people. I don't have a problem with the lifestyle. If religion makes you want to be a better person, live your life, right? (laughs) But Mississippi, uh, the governor there, Phil Bryant, signed House Bill 1523 into law this week, which is just filled with anti-LGBT legislation. Uh, Supporters of the bill say that it'll protect uh, an individual person's right, uh, religious freedom right, protect them from government discrimination, but uh, it's it's just a crapshoot. It is a gay-hating bill, Mississippi, oh, goddamn. my God. Some of the Simone. finer <laughs> provisions of this bill um, include employers being able to decide whether or not to hire, fire, discipline an employee. Get out of here, you queers. You can't buy any of my Yeah, whose uh, religious beliefs are inconsistent with the employers, uh, letting landlords decide who they can sell or rent to based on religious reliefs. I don't rent to no queers. Uh, letting medical uh, and therapy per- professionals decline treatments, counselings, and surgeries. I don't stop the bleeding on no queers. <laughs> to uh, trans people or, uh, like you say, uh, queers. Um, challenges on the law are expected in Mississippi risk losing billions of dollars in federal funds. Um, some businesses aren't too pleased either. Um, HRC this week, the Human Rights Campaign, uh, said that some of the state's largest employers, including uh, Nissan, Tyson Foods, and MGM Resorts, uh, all voice public opinion over the bill. Mm-hmm. And PayPal has said are that they, they're cutting a bunch of jobs. Are they currently getting billions of federal funds? Because Mississippi has the worst education system of all 50 states. I mean, they're already pretty shitty. Yeah, but educational funding doesn't work that way. Educational funding works when you're getting good scores out of your students. So if your system's bad, then no, you don't get a lot of funding. I mean, they've got a lot of, they, a they have a lot of shitty shit happening in Self-perpetuating cycle. Yeah, and it's it's sad because they're joined North Carolina. They're, and there's actually, there's a funny and die um, 
uh, videos. If you go on go on your YouTube or go to your Funny or Die, and they did one. They took a North Carolina uh, travel video and they changed the words about all the big, you know, all the crappy stuff for their new law. And then they did one just one for Mississippi, mm-hmm. and they said, Mississippi, we're even worse than. Carolina. Mm. So I don't know how far we can go. Not cool. Not cool. Not cool at all. Um, another story that I've been tracking for the last few months, actually, and this is starting to get interesting. An attorney for the late Deborah Palfrey, better known as the DC Madam, has been saying for the past few months that he has info that is very relevant to the current election cycle. Ooh. Yeah. Like the like the Panama Papers, but sexier. But sexier. Um, his name is Montgomery Sobey, and he's been hinting that he might either defy the current gag order or work to get it lift, lifted. Right now, um, a lower court has a gag order on him that says he cannot share any of those phone records that haven't already been shared. But, <laughs> but... So we can't take this shit seriously. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, seriously, seriously. Somebody goes to see an escort and we all think that the whole election relies on who paid someone to suck their cock like well, come on but if it's hillary's cock that could be big news well for right who? now right now <laughs> all me, signs are always... pointing to ted cruz there's really? been there's been <laughs> all recent signs, there's all been the breadcrumbs lead back to ted well there's several uh several instances um of his number uh pop or numbers that have been associated with his people popping up in that's uh, a lot of peas you're you're doing there, buddy. People <laughs> popping up. Okay, okay. Um, a lot of people popping up with their penises on um, the DC Madam's uh, <laughs> little black book. But also, he's been defending rumors recently that he has had extramarital yeah, affairs. Yeah, the Inquirer. The Inquirer had a big head, like a a, a big cover story, like a week ago, mm-hmm. five and so forth. And and the reason, you know, as as we talk about in the show, we're all very free love and all this kind of stuff, but. When, when people take this huge moral stance, right, mm-hmm. against, you know, that kind of thing, but then they're doing it in the back, you know, on the DL. It's just that that contradiction has been so continuously demonstrated to be true. Yes. It's shocking that we still think it's a contradiction. Isn't that true? Like, you know, you've got Governor Mark Sanford. You, I mean, you've got a lot of these 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 pious folks who have had, you know— just you know, all sorts of extra marital hoo ha and so forth, and it's it's almost becoming just you expect it. Yeah, like we said, like we said a couple of weeks ago with the prosecutor in um, Ingham County, if yeah. we had a nickel for every story, if we so. had a nickel. Well, I'm go. just I'm just hoping I'm I'm kind of hoping that maybe Bernie's on there because you know maybe you know at 75. You know, he's, he's he's just a little something. You know, I'm 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 down with that. Whatever he's I, into. I haven't heard a a specific answer from him, but I think Bernie would be pro decrim. That's just I me. Think, totally. I think bro, I think Bernie would be pro decrim. And I also just want to say that when you get your black book seized, and someone's going to start outing your customers, like if your clients get outed, not only is your entire life ruined, like. <laughs> like the well, DC madam is really fucked well, right well, now. Well, well, she weird. died well, though in 2008. Oh, she died. She died in 2008. I didn't know though. that. Sorry. Yes. See, that, that was the end I of the sex ex- news story. She, you I, might remember she died in 2008. I just, I just. I think she died myself. again though when this happened. I think she died extra. You know what's interesting though? I mean, are, is the outcry to say you know with all the Apple stuff? You know, Apple. You know, support Apple. Don't break into the iPhone when they wanted to break into the iPhone of the San Bernardino shooter. Right. You know, support company privacy. Where is that outrage for the DC Madams, you know, I'm sh- company and or her estate and saying, "Hey, this is her business. 
It's your biz. Her business is none of your. We've business. got HIPAA laws to protect medical yeah. information, and there's actually no, you know, because it's a criminalized uh, service pro- providing. Not even that. There's I think no, there's no way to protect that information. Privacy goes out when it's titillating information. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think chiropractic stuff can be rather titillating. I had my back cracked <laughs> once, and I almost came. And so, luck. If 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 that if that and it was a dude too, but you know what, and which was surprising to me. But since we're talking about tonight, and uh, you know, I mean, that should be protected. Cause Ex- explore your bisexuality through chiropractics, and then call us at eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five. You're listening to Sex Please tonight. We're part of Safe Harbor here on KPFK. We're live in studio, and we want to hear from you. We're talking about bisexuality tonight. We've got one more piece more of sex news. Yeah. Let's hear that teletype again, Gare. So, We're still hot off the presses. In the <laughs> last sex news, and this ties in a little bit with our uh, talk tonight, um, in today's edition of Dear Abby, um, Abigail Van Buren, dead, the pen the name, well, but her daughter, Jane Phillips, took over. It's like saying there's oh, yeah. extra Santas. Well, no, well, she took over the, the fake pen name. Anyway, um, <laughs> Dear Abby had some very succinct advice for a man struggling to talk with his family about being bisexual. In the letter, in the, excuse me, in the letter um, from a man named Keeping Secrets, he asks, Dear Abby, I'm a single father of teenage boys. My older son lives with me. My younger son lives with their mother. I'm bisexual and have always been attracted to both men and women. It took me a long time to admit it to myself. I've suffered from depression, uh, struggled with my sexual identity. Unfortunately, I was diagnosed with HIV, and since then, I've been on medication and have healthy lifestyle, but I want to broach this subject with my children. I've wanted to for a while now, never could bring myself to do it, and I'm afraid They'll be ashamed. What should I do? What Abby say? Abby said very. Wait, 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 wait. What do you think she said? Well, first of all, all I could hear was one kid lives with the mom, one kid lives with the dad. And being a mom, I said, why aren't those kids together? Well, so and so apparently, I'm like, why, are, why are they apart? So, this this makes animosity between the. You shouldn't split the kids up. So divorce, divorce, mom, dad, right? Dad, dad says I'm bisexual. I need to tell my kids. They're teenagers. They're growing up. What do you think, Abby? Dear Abby says. Well, uh, so they aren't divorced yet? He, they are divorced. Oh, they are divorced. They are okay. divorced. One one kid are, lives in one house. How old are the kids? They're teenagers, so we could say, we'll say between 14 so and So they're 18. aware of the world. So right. being, Yeah, and being split up actually might be good for them, maybe. Let's just let's just hold out the possibility that if they're teenagers who fought a lot, being split up might actually be healthy for everyone. You know, as a mother... Well, okay. Just saying. Okay. Just saying. Temporary, right. temporary breaks right. can be healthy. What, did, what do I think Abby said? I think, I think Abby said... Um, you know, it's the 21st century. It's the daughter. I'm. I think she's gonna say, "Oh, it's yes. It's okay to talk to them, uh, but make sure you talk to the mom first. Based oh, on based on based on their history, uh, both um, uh, Pauline Phillips, the original Dear Abby writer, and her daughter Jean, their history on gay rights. Um, I would have agreed with you, but she actually said, "If they ask, don't lie. Otherwise, keep it, mom." I see. She says, I see no reason for you to make a blanket announcement about this now, because sincerely, I believe you, most young people do not care to know. Well, now, is this about his bisexuality or his HIV status? Both. Both. She says, if you wind up partnering with another man, they'll draw their own conclusions. Your children would draw their own conclusions. And if your health takes a turn for the worse, they'll need to know your status. I'm, Otherwise, sh- I'm going to tell you something. As a, as a stepmom mm-hmm. who is the first and only woman my partner dated 
and she had two teenagers. So I understand this world very well. Okay. When she told them that she was dating me, she had not told them that she was even interested in dating women. How'd that go? Not good with the daughter because she felt betrayed. Mm. It, it wasn't that she cared per se. I mean, the, the shock that their mother was suddenly a lesbian was was shocking to them. Mm-hmm. But she felt, why didn't you tell me? Because actually, because we never, she, they never told. They figured it out, mm. and they and mm. they they were kind of conjecturing and figured it out because, you know, I was hanging out and mm-hmm. and uh, and I'll confess, you know, she's madly in love with me and just couldn't hide it when I was in the room. And you know, I mean, wasn't you know disgusting, but you know, kids aren't stupid. Well, this one, this is but, hard. But it, but it was hard because they, you know, kids are they're smart. And the and the assumption that kids don't want to know there's certain things that kids maybe don't want to know but they need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, they also can even... they also can tell you. You know, kids are kids are actually pretty good at knowing what their boundaries are around stuff that they want to know and stuff that they don't want to know. And what what this dear Abby what this dear Abby advice does is advise a bisexual person to stay closeted. Yeah. That's kind of That's what actually the what it hard is. part for yeah. me was somebody who's already said I'm struggling with depression. I, you know, have been wrestling with telling my kids about this. What should I do? And her advice is keep that to yourself. So listen, so listen well, to this. she's wrong. Listen to this. <laughs> listen to this, you guys. Bisexual people are six times more likely than gay men and lesbians to hide their sexual orientation. So we've already got a situation in which bisexual people are, for the most part, way more unlikely to come out than a gay or a lesbian person. We can talk about why that is. We can. But if that's the situation, telling someone to stay in the closet is indicative to me that people don't want bisexual people to come out. Like, no wonder people are afraid to come out as bisexual. There's pressure against it. On both sides. In the gays, in the straight community, there's probably both all sorts of stuff. Plus, you know, the reality is you can't. You can't, um, you know, there's a way you can come out without actively coming out, passive coming out, which is showing up with a girl or showing up with a guy. But when you're bisexual, if I see two women together and and someone will ask me one of those women is bisexual, I wouldn't have known that mm-hmm. because you're not wearing a badge that says I'm bisexual. I see two women together. I think they're lesbians. Right. And yeah. so bisexuality by prima facie, as Lindsay would would on its face, you have to overtly say, I am bisexual. Mm-hmm. So the onus is on a bisexual and the bisexual community to be proactive in, ooh, we had a little power surge there. Ooh, like yeah, this. The power's out <laughs> in, in Studio City. Uh, a DWP uh, thing kind of caught on fire. So <laughs> anytime, we, anytime we might have to evacuate. And I'm, it's currently 99 in here, so I could burst into flames. Well, <laughs> I, I, love, I love narrating the stats of what's going on in studio, but... <laughs> Suicides. Yeah, I mean, so let's let's start let's start by saying first of all we haven't even defined it. the The definition that we're going to use here is the one that's coming from um, a joint report. It's called the understand. It's called Understanding Issues Facing Bisexual Americans, and it's co-authored by Movement Advancement Project, Binet USA, and the Bisexual Resource Center. So this is um, this is a piece of research that is culling a bunch of different studies, a lot of different data um, to come up with some ways to generalize about um, some of the issues that bisexual people face. So their definition, and this is coming from, you know, a lot of groups that are 
run mostly by people who identify as bisexual. The term bisexual or bi describes people who have the capacity for emotional, romantic, and or physical attraction to more than one sex or gender. So I think it's important to remember that we're talking about capacity. You don't test someone's bisexuality by finding out whether they went down on a woman or not. This is about capacity. Someone decides for themselves what their capacity is. I think I have the capacity to be attracted to multiple genders. Therefore, I might identify as bisexual. Also, um, there's all of these other terms out there for people who are attracted to um, people of multiple genders. So you might hear pansexual or omnisexual to describe people who also have romantic or sexual attraction to transgendered people. Um, But... In this way of describing bisexuality, you could actually envelop all of those other people. Um, and I'm not sure what we think about that. I'd, li- I'd like people to, to respond to that because I'm not, not going to comment on that except to say that the way that they've written this here, it says this attraction could be to more than one sex or gender. More than one. Mm-hmm. So not necessarily two, even though the word bisexual often makes us think that must mean just men and women. It doesn't necessarily. A lot of people identify as bisexual who have a sort of fluid attraction to people of various gender identities, okay, and gender expressions. So that, that's, your, that's your baseline. When we say bisexual here, we're talking about a, a very large group of people. There's 9 million people who identify as LGBT. And of course, we all know that there's some problem with, with lumping trans in there mm-hmm. with sexual orientations. Um, But there's 9 million people who identify as LGBT in this country. More than half of them identify as bisexual. That's a large large population. It's a large number of people. We only have 9 million? Well, according to this study. I thought it was 1 in 10 because 9 million means there's only 90 million people. In this country. Well, maybe it just means that of the 9 million who identified as LGBT in these studies. But it says, oh, well, there are over 9 million LGBT people in the United States. That's what I'm looking at. Well, we um, make more of those. Folks. The, uh, well, that's straight people's <laughs> job, right? But They're bisexual people <laughs> don't come out. I mean, so t- data from 2008. So, of course, this is older. So maybe we have better numbers now. Well, because more people but, probably have come out. You sure. Know? But yeah. in 2008, so less than 10 years ago... Only one, oh, sorry, less than 10 years ago, one quarter of bisexual people had never told anyone they were bisexual, compared to only 4% of gay men and lesbians. So gay men and lesbians had a similar rate of not coming out at all. Like, I've never told anyone. Mm-hmm. 4% for gays and lesbians. 25% for bisexual people. Wow. You see, bisexuality, in my experience, used to be kind of the gateway sexuality. Huh. Because what it was, what you what you would do, and this is back in the eighties when, mm-hmm. and during my coming out period, you know, people would, women would say, and men too, because I, you know, we would say, oh, I'm, I'm I may be bisexual, because you were too afraid to say you were gay, mm-hmm. and so you would mess, you, you know, whatever you're doing with 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 the opposite gender, mm-hmm. that if when you messed around with the same gender, and then you'd say, oh well, you know. Number one, I was really drunk. Or two, oh, maybe I'm bisexual, but I'm not sure. So bisexuality was kind of, it was almost kind of like this, like this on deck circle. Mm-hmm. It's an area of exploration. It, it's an area of exploration. Before you decide. But it's also what it also was. It was a get out of jail card because then you could, you could step back and say, you know what, I'm not. 
I I'm still not have gay. Sex with, I have sex with the opposite gender, right. like I'm supposed to. So it was kind of a safety net. Bisexuality, and there was you know there was casual be- bisexuality, drunk bisexuality, mm-hmm. you know, behavior not orientate. I mean, you know, the word, but it, but but for me, my personal story, it was it was just kind of a, it was a safety net. I think I think it's important to hear that. I mean, mm-hmm. so I think that's probably true for a lot of people that. The, that they sort of feel an identity shift going on with with an attraction to a same-sex partner or to a partner who's on a gender fluid spectrum mm-hmm. and the confusion of like uh oh what the uh, uh, but, uh, but. <laughs> you know but I had this attraction for my culturally supported heterosexual partner what do I do with the fact that I have this attraction for somebody else who's not culturally supported but it's am even, I gay you know but it's even more than attraction is what your public declaration is because for many people, they're not gay until they say they're gay. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it was a way to protect yourself from not being outed, even though in your heart you knew you were gay as hell. You could say bisexual and kind of protect yourself. Now I feel there's a little bit more stigma of on people who are bisexual. And that comes from all fronts, like you mentioned, even within... The tribe, even within the oh, gay usually. and community. Well, well, you know, and you just, you know, the one example would be Anne Heche. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that was the big, you know, when when Anne Heche left left Ellen DeGeneres for a man, where it was like, ah, you know, it was, it was that is for for many lesbians the greatest fear is that that we would get if we were with a bisexual woman, mm-hmm. we would get dumped. For a man because it was safer. That for me has changed hugely. 20 years ago, it was very real for me, a very real fear because of the, you know, the oppression of LGBT people. Now it's much, much different except for Mississippi and North Carolina and Indiana. (laughs) But, you know, it was that kind of thing. Well, so, and, so what we're what we're describing is a situation in which ultimately LGBT people face higher rates of poverty, unemployment, and negative health outcomes than straight people, but among LGB people, bisexuals face disproportionately higher rates of these negative outcomes than lesbians and gay men. And the the report that I'm reading is surmising that this is because there's all of this discrimination also within the gay and lesbian community, so that bisexuals have to really only stick with each other. Because yeah. straight people don't like us, and gay people don't like us, and those of us who identify as bi or omni or pansexual are in a very delicate situation when we start talking about our orientation. And you know what I hear from my bisexual women friends is that they say if they come up, you know, one of the other reasons possibly for not coming out as bisexual, they they tell me they get hit on even more by guys because guys are turned on. They, they, they feel that guys are just so turned on about the idea that they are bisexual. Well, the guys think that their options for a threesome has just gone up. They're, they're very, very lucky now. They might get a threesome. Okay, 818-985-5735. Call us. You're listening to Safe Harbor. We're part of KPFK Los Angeles. Um, this show is Sex, Please. And we're live. Call us. We want to hear some bisexuals. Call 985-5735. Um, listen, it's incredibly difficult to come out as bisexual because you don't know exactly whether you're going to have support. Approximately 25% of bisexual men and 30% of bisexual women live in poverty compared to 15% and 21% of heterosexual men and women. You guys, <laughs> like, 
the the outcomes are There's... really negative. They're shockingly negative. Bisexual women experience significantly higher rates of violence, both overall and by significant others, compared to lesbian and straight women. Forty six percent. Forty six percent of bisexual women have experienced rape, compared to thirteen percent and seventeen percent of lesbian and straight women. Now, why the hell is that? That's a that's a incredibly disturbing disturbing statistic, isn't it? First thing out of my mind, and this was, we were talking before the show was, is that from an increase in potential partners? Like you have an an increased diversity of potential partners. Is that? But but having multiple partners doesn't make you more, does that make you more susceptible to rape? If you have more partners, I think I think that we are. I think, if you play this, if you play the numbers game, perhaps. But I think that also puts us in danger of doing victim blaming. It puts us okay. in danger of doing slut shaming. I it agree. puts us in danger of assuming that bisexual people are fucking more people. Okay, which you know, I don't know. You I don't know, know it, any numbers on that. Go back but to I them, gotta, that animosity <laughs> or that fear of that person is going to leave me for somebody of a different gender, and what does that do to my ego? Right. Well, I mean, because some people, if you ask, if you ask a a lay person, no pun intended, but ask somebody, say, you know, what is what do you think bisexuality is? It goes, well, yeah, yeah, fuck a woman one night and fuck a guy the other night and fuck a woman one night and fuck a guy the greedy. other night. Greedy. I've heard that word. It's greedy. Greedy. Or, greedy. Yeah, it's greedy. Unfair. It's... The whole world is your fuck buddy. You know, I mean, you get this kind of like wild that that the bis- and, and and that's the other presumption that that bisexuals are just sexual animals every night. Just gotta have it, gotta have it, gotta have it. So there's this cool campaign on Twitter that we were looking at earlier called "Still Bisexual," and I've had friends that have had this. Um, a, a dear friend of mine who is now married to a woman. She's a woman married to a woman. That sounds like a painting. Still bisexual. <laughs> um, she so she because she's in a lesbian relationship. She's had to defend her bisexuality. Oh yeah, like lesbians saying, will not let her off the hook on that. Yeah. Oh and no. So there's this there's this hashtag still bisexual. Um, Stillbisexual.com is the website for this campaign, and it's um, people sharing their stories about coming out. And there's this one woman named Jasmine on there who says, "I've been bi my whole life." Um, and she, she's had crushes, she's had, um, partners, um, on both genders. She, for as long as she can remember, has been bisexual, um, came out at 13 and has heard all sorts of stuff, um, from straight friends. She's been referred to as a watered down gay Mm -hmm. by gay friends. She's been called quote, a fake fag. Yeah, not mm-hmm. trying hard enough. Not trying that. hard enough. Um, been told it was just a phase. She was never gay enough or straight enough. She was kind of always in this. Like she didn't get love from either side. No, it's tough. Out, I tough out there. I my heart goes out to the. I mean, because because you know, and most if not all gays that I know. I mean, there are some. There the gold stars are out there, but many many gays and lesbians have had sex with the opposite gender or multiple genders and and behavior by you know because there's difference bisexual behavior i mean i made out with a lot of gay guys in high school because you know we played spin the bottle at theater parties okay Ooh. oh well theater parties oh please in high school please that's just already a recipe i mean that's kind of where i discovered any bisexuality was (laughs) at theater parties in high school see i just discovered like oh my god you know you know i discovered like kissing was fun and it was all boys but you know it wasn't like, you know, but there's also a difference between, you know, sexual arousal and love. I find, for example, I find Tay Diggs incredibly attractive. I mean, if the opportunity presented so by itself, I know, I, I mean, I would even consider getting with him if I could. Okay. Just but, because he's so beautiful. But you don't feel compelled to identify as bisexual no. because of this. And that's because according to the matrix that you are living in, 
you're you believe in your lesbian identity as being the truest one to right. you, right? So, but if we had for, to make babies, if we, the world was over, I'd make babies with him. But <laughs> well, excellent. Thank you for demonstrating gender fluidity. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome, but, world. But I think it's 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 so confusing when you're somebody who feels sexual or romantic attraction to people of multiple genders. You get confused because there's like social support coming at you for some of it and then social stigma coming at you for some of it. And that makes you feel incredibly protective of the part of you that's attracted to people who you are not culturally supported to be attracted to. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, there's confusion. There's a sense of being a fraud. You know, like like if I'm out with a man, I feel like I'm a fraud. And we would call you that <laughs> fraud, fraud. It's a weird feeling, yeah. you know. It's like I want to I do want to wear a button. I want to wear a big button that says it's okay, I'm queer. <laughs> you know. And that's just ridiculous. I mean, that's ego, but it's also very difficult to communicate yourself when people make a lot of assumptions based on who you're looking at with those with those sparkle eyes. And mm, the, sparkle that eyes. assumptions is the big word. Is somebody's need to put a label on what they see in front of them is uh you know like chrisanne said earlier you know because i see you in this lesbian relationship now by that virtues you're a lesbian we would love to hear from you we're talking about bisexuality we're on sex please part of safe harbor here on kpfk 90.7 fm los angeles 98.7 Santa Barbara, 93.7 San Diego, 99.5 Ridgecrest, and China Lake. And for everyone else out there in the world who wants to listen, we're at kpfk.org. Please call. Call in. Chat with us. What are your thoughts? Where did you get your information about bisexuality from, huh? 818-985-5735. Call in and talk to us. It's time for our Get It On song for the evening. Ooh. And this is a... This is a this is just a sort of special. They're all special. They're all special to me. Spe- but oh, you got to tell the story. Then. I just no, there's no story. It's Joan Jett. Just love Joan Jett. Got to love Joan Jett. Yeah. And this is a song called Baby Blue, um which, you know, Joan Jett has, d- doesn't like to talk about her sexual orientation. She actually thinks it's really in- it's intrusive and annoying to her. Mm-hmm. Um and so <laughs> we're not going to talk about her, but this song, this song is about a switch hitter. Hey. Hi, this is Vanessa, host of Sex, Please. Thanks for listening to us on SoundCloud. For copyright reasons, we can't play our Get It On song here, but we'd like to invite you to listen to us live Wednesday nights on KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles or live streaming at kpfk.org. KPFK is completely listener-funded, so please hit the donate button on kpfk.org and mention Sex, Please when you make your pledge. Thank you for listening to Sex, Please. Now back to our show. Welcome back to Sex, Please. We're live at KPFK. We're part of Safe Harbor 90.7 FM Los Angeles. I'm Vanessa Carlisle. I'm here with Danny Cruz. Hola. And Chris Ann Eastwood. And we are talking about bisexuality tonight. Bisexuality. We've got a call tonight. Jackie from Thousand Oaks. Are you there? Yes, I am. Hello. Hi, Jackie. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, thank you. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind? 
Well, I identify as pansexual. Right on. Um, and I just want to applaud what I heard you say about bisexuals being looked at as sluts. Not that I'm slut shaming, because I also identify as a slut. But <laughs> I think that um, I think that in our culture, the one thing that most heteronormative people are afraid of even more for those who are phobic afraid of even more than a gay or lesbian person is a what they consider an overly sexual person and as bisexual or pansexual people were frighteningly apparently seemingly to them at least over sexual right and i right. think that's really scary also because i work for um a nonprofit, a sex positive nonprofit that's primary job is establishing communities where people of all gender expressions and sexual expressions can um, socialize with each other in um, a safe haven, fine community and provide support for each other. I meet a lot of people who identify um, as something other than heteronormative, mononormative. Right. And I'm finding that young people aren't using the same binary um, definitions that I'm 55 and I'm married, aren't using the same definitions that my generation used. I'm hearing more young people, uh, and by that I mean like under 30, identify as queer. And I like, sorry, I've just hit a place where there's an accident on the road. You, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit confused about what you're saying. Are you saying that you're hearing the young people, they are relying on the binary, or they're using queer as a way to not rely on the binary? I'm sorry, I'm going to ask you to hold for just a second because there's apparently an accident here. Oh, dear, okay. Oh, boy, stay safe, Jackie, okay? Stay safe. Why don't you hang up and call us back, okay? I really think that's it. That's interesting. I can't wait to hear back from her because I don't. I don't know exactly what she was trying to say there about whether she was saying that the young people are, um, are are sort of replicating that need for a heteronormative binary of man, woman, heterosexual relationship, or if what she was saying was that she's seeing young people use queer as a way to kind of get out of that. Because I, that's, for me, that was the most liberating thing about the word queer, was realizing that I could say queer and then I didn't have to talk about anything in particular unless I felt like it. Yeah, was that like a catch-all type? Like yeah, that? and if I say bisexual, people automatically start imagining me fucking men and women. If I say queer, it's harder to. It's like okay, she's got something going on. Something, I have to talk going to her. On there. <laughs> although, although you know, you know, I come, I come from a, you know, like I was one of the founding members of the New York uh, Queer Nation and all that kind of stuff. So you know, embracing the world queer and everything. What I find some, you know, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around with the young people. Um, with the young people, God, gee, where's my walker? <laughs> oh my god. What the idea is that. Um, a lot of folks who are straight identified and cisgender identified are using the term, they're saying, I'm queer too because I support all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, the allies culture. I guess we, now we call it the allies culture. And um, I'm not sure how I feel about that because for me, if you're going to say you're queer, then you need to be queer. You need to be well, what, you what, need one of these queer things. What does that mean? Well, that to me that means outside the outside gender binary or outside, you know, you you are not heterosexual. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess you know this is one of those situations where I think I would have to I would have to butt heads with someone who was like, "You got to be queer," you know, because for me, it's like, look at me, I'm I'm femme out in the world. I look I look straight. That's what I look like. It's mm-hmm. part of how I like move. It's part of how I uh, you know present. Um, and so the fact that I have a female life partner or that I have multiple partners of multiple genders, that's not something that someone's going to know just by looking at me. They won't know that by Mm -hmm. looking at me. You know, that's something that has to come out in conversation. And I think that the more people who identify as queer, the better, because that means the larger the community of people to actually think about bisexual rights, queer rights, transgender rights, you know, that we have to we have to think about each other in terms of solidarities. I, I don't mind. I don't care. Somebody wants to only have heterosexual sex for the rest of their life, but identify as queer because they want to feel themselves as queer. Like, whatever. No, I, do, I, I, hear, do it. I hear what you say. <laughs> But it's like any kind, you know, queer culture. It's like you know, I I, I feel you know similar. You're bogarting my culture. You're bogarting myself. I mean, but I, for what? I mean, to enjoy it and then maybe have sex. I don't know, but it's not. It's I mean, being queer is not just about having sex. Exactly. It's about so many, you know, so many things. But at the bottom line is, if for me, a queer identity means something about my my sex or my romance or whatever is something that has been oppressed or criminalized or you know diminished or whatever and when you're if you're a straight cisgendered person you know and I'm just saying men and women I'm including them all together because don't get me started on what women have their oppression but I'm like you know you've had you know the world has been in your favor it's, it hasn't been opposed. So. Sure. And what and isn't it amazing when people who have that kind of privilege end up identifying with the group that is more stigmatized than they are? That's actually kind of an interesting move. So yeah. I'd love to hear back from Jackie. She's back on the line. Jackie, are you with us? Yes, I am. And I would like to just echo pretty much everything I just heard you say while I was holding. And that is that, um, that I... I present pretty cis. I'm not. If if pressed for a label, I'll give you gender nonconforming, primarily because I have never, not from day one, identified with the gender roles that were assigned to me at birth. All right. And occasionally I'll go through periods where some of my friends call it my Annie Old Hall period or who are you today, Tilda Swinton, or oh, you're wearing the Ellen outfit today or something like that. But for the most part, I walk through the world, through the grocery store, um, through the PTA meetings, looking just like any other suburban housewife. And therefore, I don't identify as queer because I don't think I have, I deserve it. I don't, I think that's an honor that's not mine because. Interesting. So you, you feel like people. I came from, yeah, I, the generation I came from was oppressed because they were queer. And right. I have been a recipient of privilege that I don't deserve, but that I get anyway based on people's opinions of me. Mm-hmm. And my hair is the same length on both sides of my head. I don't have any visible body piercings. And so for my generation, I would either have to present as um, as something outside of the sort of accepted norm or just identify differently so I don't use the word queer but I love the fact that the young people are using it Mm -hmm. and where they might not have earned it they're younger and so I think it's different for them they're like hell yeah let's reclaim this word let's take this and own it and make this our sense of self and I'm like all for that 
Yeah, thank you for saying that. That's that's so important to have respect for what other generations are trying to do for themselves. I, I really, I, I really respect that. That's your position. Um, I, I think maybe there's something in this question of like, is bisexuality something that we can allow allow as fact, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or is it a dated term? Is it dated? What do you I mean? mean? Well, when you talk about being pansexual, I mean. Because as, as we look at gender fluidity and, you know, and, and gender is important in relation to sexuality because our sexuality is defined by the genders that we are attracted to or, um, you know, have sex with. And so as genders get more fluid, as we get outside of the gender binary, you know, yeah. outside of the and, – in and reality, the sex, you know – the, the sex binary, straight or gay. We're now going not just straight, gay, bi. We're going pan. I couldn't agree more. I think the term is dated, and I think it will die with the binary. But in places like Los Angeles and New York, the binary is going to die a lot faster. And, of course, San Francisco. The binary is going to die a whole lot faster than it is in Alabama and North Carolina, where they're still just so phobic that they have to pass laws like they have the last you know, few months. So I think we're going to see a couple generations where that it's still going to stay in for a while and then it won't even be a question because as young people begin to study gender identity in school and have a better understanding of that from day one, from, you know, when they're born with the idea that you that gender identity is something that can be questioned. Right, right. Then eventually there will be people who were born with that idea turning 40 and having children of their own, and it won't be a question for any of us anymore. So I have a question for you, Jackie, and just feel free to extrapolate or, or not, but I'm, I'm curious about what you think that stigma against bisexuality or gender nonconforming behavior or queer kids, what, what purpose does stigma against bisexuality serve? Who, wh- why... I mean, obviously, we've got religious religious reasoning, but sexuality. I think I think that there's there's a great fear. All of us, uh, I would include myself in this. I don't think there's a human alive that doesn't have some fear regarding not stepping too far outside the norm. Oh, it's. I think it's written on our DNA to do our best to get along with the clan because that helped us survive. Mm-hmm. And stepping outside and identifying as something different, too uh, far outside the norms, pushing the edges of the envelope too far, is dangerous to naked apes whose primary survival is based on how well we do in community. Um, and so I think it's about that. I think it's just about doing everything that can be done to try and rein us in and push us towards the center and, you know, not have people off on the edges of the bell-shaped curve. Yeah, I hear you. I wonder, I don't have any information in front of me about whether bisexual people are more or less likely to present as gender nonconforming than gay and lesbian people. Um, and I'm curious about that because what what I do have in front of me is information that says that when bisexual survivors interact with police, like after a crime has been committed against them, they're three times more likely to experience police violence than people who are not bisexual. I heard that statistic earlier when you quoted it, and I went, what? Right. I have no idea what that's about. I would love to know what that's about. So, I mean, we can we can definitely come up with some... With some theories, but I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure what what would work, I, Danny. I would wonder if it has something to do with the fact that many people who identify 
as queer on the outer sides of the spectrum of queer, and by outer I mean less statistically um, uh, countable, Um, like people who are in transition who we know are more volatile and more likely to be attacked, femme folk especially, whether they're using the word bisexual because they don't know how to use words like pansexual or in transition with law enforcement officers because law enforcement might have no flippin' idea what they're talking about, so bisexual gets uh, get, is the word that gets used. Mm, mm, interesting. Because the statistics are clear about the fact that femme folk are much more under attack Mm-hmm. Than, than those presenting as masculine. Interesting. Thank you so much, Jackie, for offering your uh, thoughts on this subject and for calling us back after the accident. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. And I would encourage anyone listening who feels like they're, they don't have a place to fully be out to find a community. There are so many. You can find them on Meetup, either through AMBI, which is a large uh, national organization that supports bisexual rights, Sex Positive World, which has chapters uh, all up and down the West Coast and all over the world. There are communities that aren't um, aren't hookup groups. They're just there to provide community for people of alternative sexuality. Thank you so much. Have a great My evening. Thank you. Great call. Who else wants to talk to us about bisexuality? We're live in studio. It's twelve. It's almost twelve fifty here. Eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five. You're listening to Sex Please, part of Safe Harbor here on KPFK. And not only are these um, stereotypes or, or stigmas affecting people in personal life, but they can also come out in, in other ways. Um, there is a, uh, a book called Recognize, the Voices of Bisexual Men, and uh, a doctor by the name of Dr. Hera Cootie um, has a little uh, excerpt in here um, where he spent a day at a free clinic. Uh, he says, I spent a day at a local free clinic to get tested for HIV. I walk off the elevator and discover a group of people scattered in seats in an area to my right. I assume that I'm expected to join them. There's also a specificity to our humanity that's equally present. We don't have health insurance, and many of us are poor or the working poor. Our access to the nice, clean offices of a private doctor is limited. There are various kinds of bodies that inhabit seats. Most are black or Latino, though few are not. I sit among my fellow public health citizens. Finally, they call me into the doctor. He takes a brief and inadequate sexual history. He asks me about my sexual history with women. I wait for his questions about my sexual history with men. They never come. He moves on to the samples he needs for the tests. He gives me a date to return, and I'm out. But wait, where are the questions about my sexual history with men? I walked into this clinic to get tested for sexually transmitted diseases and unintentionally walked into a test of the public health system's capacity to adequately respond to the sexual realities of the public they serve. Thank you. If you're interested in reading more, um, we are talking about a report called Understanding Issues Facing Bisexual Americans. It's a joint report by the Movement Advancement Project, Binet USA, and the Bisexual Resource Center. And Danny just read um, one of the personal stories from that from that report. What that says to me is that not only like are we making assumptions based on seeing two people out at a right. restaurant bar and making an assumption about that sexual relationship, but we're also doing it in a clinic setting as a as a physician. Somebody 
looked at a man and said, oh, you couldn't possibly be bisexual. I'm only going to ask you about your female partners. I've never had an interaction with a medical professional that validated my attraction to more than one gender. No, never. I don't think they ever. Never. I mean, you know, for, for women, it was always the assumption that we were. I mean, I was asked constantly, what birth control are you using? Mm-hmm. And I would say, I'm a lesbian. lesbian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. You know what <laughs> My else? birth control is lesbian. You know what else? What about situational bisexuality, like jail sex? There's oh, a lot okay. of there's a lot of men and women having sex in jail, mm-hmm. and they say they all say they're straight, but they're having they're having same gender sex. You know that, that's on is, a MSNBC thing. I remember them throwing out the phrase "gay for the stay." Gay for the stay. I never gay heard of that. Stay. Gay for the stay. There's also sex workers who may identify as gay, lesbian, or heterosexual, but they'll do bisexual play for money. Gay no, for pay. No problem. We got, a, we got a phone call. We got Bill. Bill from L.A. on the phone. Hi. Hey, what's up? Good evening. Good evening. Um, my experience with uh, hundreds and hundreds of examples was the gay males, Speaking strictly on the male behalf, by the way. Okay. Uh, on the um, male end of it, the, the ones that were truly gay were usually considerate, kind, genuinely loving individuals. Um, the ones that I found bisexual usually were predatory in nature, using threats. Holy oh, moly! Yeah. That, that's <laughs> Where are you meeting these guys? Whoa! Hey! <laughs> What a what a terrible experience you've had of bisexual men. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, thank you for the sympathy. Um, I appreciate that. But um, once the gay rights came about, and they came out of the you know out of the closet, as, as you would say, um, it just it just freed all that you know distinction. And um, I don't think bisexual males are even uh, appreciated in the gay community. Mm, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of stigma against against bisexual bisexual men. Overall, bisexuals have higher suicide suicide Thanks, rates. You know, one study found that bisexuals were four times more likely, and lesbian and gay adults two times more likely to report attempted suicide than straight adults. So, you know, the the closeting, mm-hmm. the stigma from within and without. Mm-hmm. People don't believe you that it's an actual sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All that's of the these things. Thing. That's I, crazy I, making. I know by deniers. I know they say I don't believe in bisexuality. I right. just don't. I don't. They, they, they don't, don't get it. They don't understand it. Um, and this is these are you know gay identified people mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. just and, and I get it more from gay identified than straight identified. Really? Yeah. Oh. The straight identified said, "Oh sure," and, and they're the ones that say, "Yeah, I'd make out with a girl once in a while," or. You know, I, I mean, I don't have any too many guys who say, yeah, I'd get blown by another guy. Straight. But although one did confess to me, he goes, you know what? If I knew, I don't think I would care. And so, but he identified as straight. Do you think there's a, a hesitance in some people to not identify as bisexual, even if they're like if they're mo- if they're currently straight and they would like I totally, you know. Absolutely. Have sex with a, a, a woman or, you know, whatever. Do you think there's a hesitation? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Because there's still, I mean, there's, there's you know. So is that becoming the relaxed uh, situational bisexual is the the new relaxed version of? No. I mean, that's what it used to be. I think as we talk more about and bring, you know, the, there's more 
bisexual um, visibility. There's more mm. discussion about it. There's a lot. There's more, you know, ambi these these great groups. I think we're getting more understanding of it. But as I said before, I think pan is the way to go. I think bi might be an outdated term. I think you're right. But I I, I did notice last year at uh, L.A. Pride there yes. were so many more. And maybe I'm just new to L.A. in general, but uh, in my experience at any Pride, seeing L.A.'s Pride last year, there were so many bis- bisexual-specific organizations there and was. activities. They, had, they were big. Ambi, I, I interviewed them last year for mm-hmm. IMRU, and mm-hmm. they were at a big presence and a lot of buttons and a lot of people. And I think a lot more people came out who wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily recognize as, as gay-identified, mm-hmm. but they were proudly bi. So it's, yeah. it's, it's working. It's, the conversation's working. I can also understand wanting to keep the bisexual label if you're somebody who finds yourself mostly sexually or romantically attracted to people who are doing kind of total gender presentation. Somebody who's like, no, no, I'm actually really attracted to, like, masculine men and feminine women. Like, that's what I want. I'm bisexual, (laughs) you know, like, and I can see that being something. But you'd have to be doing a lot of self-awareness and a lot of, like, really trying to dig into what your desires were. And I I don't know. If if you like people who are gender nonconforming, are you bisexual? Are you pansexual? It's – this is – again, this is about – people identifying for themselves how they want to be referred to Mm -hmm. and then creating a culture around accepting, respecting, and allowing that to change. There's a great book by the late uh, Dr. Fritz Klein who began the American Institute of Bisexuality. It's called The Bisexual Option. Dr. Klein is no longer with us, but he has on on the website for the American Institute of Bisexuality what he developed called the Klein Grid. And it's basically a way for you to kind of figure out your own sexuality and where you fit on this grid. So check that out, uh, listeners, because you might want to, uh, you know, see what's going on. Thank you so much for listening to Sex, Please, tonight. We're live. We're part of Safe Harbor here on KPFK, 90.7 FM Los Angeles, 98.7 Santa Barbara, 93.7 San Diego, 99.5 Ridgecrest and China Lake, and everyone else world at large. Thank you for listening at kpfk.org. You can follow us on Facebook, KPFK Safe Harbor. You can send us an email. Is there something you'd like to hear us discuss here? Is there a news story you'd like to bump? Do you have any questions about things you heard tonight? Please email us at kpfksafeharbor at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. You can Instagram us. Danny, how can people find you? Uh, find me on uh, Twitter at a Danny Boy. Chris Ann? Follow me on Twitter at Big Broad Sports. I'm Vanessa Carlisle. You can follow me on Twitter at V Carlisle. That's V as in Vanessa. Carlisle, C A R L I S L E. I love you to death. I just love the shit out of you. All, all power to the people, all pleasure to the people. Good night and good fuck. Thank you.